Welcome back to another episode of Square State Sandlot. I'm Kyle Gilmore. I got Bill Montoya here with me. Um, we have a few things, I guess, across all the major leagues. Uh, we'll we'll kind of work our way through it. But before we got too far into anything else, I wanted to make sure that we took a second to talk about Bill Russell um, passing away at the age of 88. Um, I don't think there's... I don't think there's enough that can be said about him as far as um, as a player, as a coach, um, as a you know civil rights activist. There's he's been involved in so many things, but um, I, I I wanted to mention one thing. I always laugh because social media is constantly blowing up the the Michael Jordan LeBron um, you know who's better competition. And, and I always I always laugh because they use trophies as kind of the standard, you know, whether it be, you know, finals, MVPs, things like that. That's what they're comparing. And the one thing you don't usually see, and then obviously with him passing, they've been putting him up left and right. But if you compare those two to Bill Russell, it's not even, I mean, it's not even a competition. So if that's your argument, I guess, is accolades and whatnot, um, I just – he was such an impactful player. I mean, he's up there. He's top. I don't know anyone who wouldn't put him in top five um, yeah. of all time. So I don't know. For me, a lot of talk has been going around about uh, retiring his number, which I am 100% behind. Um, I hope it happens. But really, in the end, I just, you know, tons of respect to a wonderful career and from everything you ever hear, just a wonderful human being. So um, it's it's sad to lose him, but I guess he was a treasure for a long time. For sure. And I think he had what, 11 championship rings, 10, 11, something like that. So winning is a lot winning his NBA player um, of all time, a lot of accolades, like you said. And I mean, obviously the era was quite, quite a bit different. So, but I did see a clip of him today and it was him grabbing a rebound and then going coast to coast and literally jumping over some short white dude on the court. So, and slamming it home. So very yeah. impressive athleticism, obviously um, how that plays out. And that's the thing that I hate is when you try to compare era to era, it's just completely different basketball players are different. It's very hard to basketball styles different. So I, I think he I guess... deserves all the, the respect and accolades that he is due. And I mean, Obviously, the way that yeah. he dominated his, the league back then, that says enough. I agree. It's, I don't know, one of the greats. What did you have about your uh, Orlando Magic? <laughs> um, I just, just a note, I guess. Uh, I made the conscious decision to reinvest in Orlando. Um, I mean, they're the only basketball team I've ever really followed. Um, like I've talked before, you know, Penny and Shaq days. So mostly it's because of the pod. Um, I want to get a little more involved NBA side. Um, so I'm not just pretending like I know what I'm talking about. I already do that enough with other things. Um, so I'm going to try to get to know the team a little better, get, get reinvested and uh, try to en enjoy some basketball, I guess. While we were uh, dealing with the backyard, um, those of you that are friends with me probably saw some of those posts about our backyard flooding a couple times in the past five days. Yeah. But um, 
while I was doing that and shoveling out in the rain, I was also listening to the Pivot podcast, and one of the episodes that popped up was Shaquille O'Neal, and it was crazy hearing about how him and Penny kind of had a falling out where Shaq basically wanted to be the dude, and then when it came time for contract extension, uh, he basically had told the owner, I'm not going to. They didn't offer him what he wanted, so he went to L.A., and... <clears throat> yeah, that was very interesting to me, and I'm sure you got to see that play out in in live action. But it was heartbreaking. <laughs> he was. He said that was one of the the things that he looks back on and wishes he had done different. Not that he would change anything in his career, but he said that he and Penny could have been a true uh, force in the league if had, well, had they given the, it the the opportunity to do so. And I, I really, I mean, if you're going to talk about what that team could have been. You really need to look at who else they had on that team at the time. Um, you know, Nick Anderson, Horace Grant, um, you know, Tracy. They they had a crazy team. Um, and it they were knocking on the door of Bulls-esque domination at one point in time. And then it all went to shit. Um, yeah, I'm not saying they were going to be the – yeah. Well, Shaq left, Penny's knees started going. I mean, it yep. just was never, never the same. But, um, I mean, you know, you can always, <laughs> what if, I guess. But I will say that was probably one of the first sports moments that, like, truly broke my heart is when that Magic team kind of dissipated. Um, you know, I was young, uh, you know, 9, 10, something like that. And, uh it was rough, <laughs> but yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to try to get back into it and see what happens. I know they got a very starting to build, you know, a, a young stable of um, talent. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. They definitely have a lot of young talent. It's exciting to see what they, they do with that, but segueing into uh, another team that may be breaking up a little bit. And that is the golden state warriors. Um, obviously they're coming off that championship win and, They've got quite a few guys that they need to extend in, in the near future, and that is Draymond's coming up on his extension. Uh, Wiggins is coming up on his extension. Jordan Poole's coming up on his extension. And Lakeup basically said it's going to be very difficult, the owner, for them to keep all of those guys at the same time. He's obviously complained. He actually got fined $500,000 for complaining about how the uh, luxury tax penalizes teams for, for drafting well. And we've talked about that on here, so it's it's nothing new. But now is the time where it's coming to the brass tax where he's going to actually have to hand out these extensions. And Draymond's not looking for a, a hometown discount. He basically said, I can't remember the exact wording, but something about he better back up the Brinks truck or I'm going to take my talents over and, and win championships with LeBron is is – the, the, sen the, the statement before that, the sentence before that is what gets me. And his words were, I brought four championships yes. to this city. I. And I'm not, I'm not going to take away that he had an impact on that team. I'm not going to take that away. He's a wonderful defender. I'm not taking away where his talents lie, but are you kidding me? Yeah. Like... I just, I just, I can't like, uh, I guess I, I mean, didn't even want Clint to, uh, Steph, 
I didn't even want Sorry. to add any significance to that because of how laughable it was to me. I mean, obviously, well, like you said, he, he contributed on the defensive end. He does a great job of being that point forward. But you telling me we couldn't have any other defender on there? And, I guess, I guess the reason it defense. killed me to hear that statement is the one person on that team that maybe – and I say maybe because I it's a team sport that maybe could make that argument. Obviously, is Steph, and you would never hear him say that. Not a never. chance. And it's that is the difference between Draymond Green and Steph Curry. Well, and the tough thing is, <laughs> Steph loves loves Draymond, and he is, is completely in his court. And that's the tough part is they're either going to have to. I mean, Steph already said he wants him there for for the rest of his career with him. Um, so that's going to be a tough thing for, for ownership and, and the front office to make that decision on whether they want to extend him or if they want to send him on his way. And quite honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see him headed elsewhere shortly because what he brings to the table now is not what he brought to the table during those four championships. Obviously, the, the latest one. He, he had three rough games right at the beginning of the series, and then he had three three pretty decent games. So um, I would say at this point in his career, he's not deserving of a max contract, and that's why I wouldn't be surprised to see him moved. Uh, would they miss him? Probably. But at the same time, you got to look towards the future and those guys that you're drafting and, and see what impact that they can have on your roster. So. If, if he wants a full four-year guaranteed max extension, I would say it's probably time to move on from Draymond. So. I love it. I know Why you I? love that. But <laughs> it hurts me to say, kill. like I said, I, I do like Draymond. I don't like how over-the-top he can be at times. but um, Well, that, he, that's what sucks. That's what sucks for me is I actually really like role players. Um you know, there's people that still downplay like Rodman on that 90s Bulls team. That is yep. the definition of a role player. But to put up 40 rebounds over two games or whatever his, his max was during that time, um, I, there's a reason to have – and don't get me wrong, Rodman was a whole nother, you know, thing to deal <laughs> with. But I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying he was obviously a perfect situation, disappearing to Vegas and whatnot. But um, – I'm just saying, like, I, I'm always, you know, sixth man, um, you know, off the bench, role players. I love all those type players because that's how you win is you got to have some depth. But I just I hate this kind of talk. Yeah, <laughs> I, just yeah, I can definitely it. do without the uh, well, he better back up that Brank's truck because if he doesn't, I'm gone. But or I'll be playing with LeBron. Well, and, really? you know, maybe that, that will happen, but that's that roster is not ready to win right now, and I think everyone knows I hope that. he goes there. Yeah, that will be – maybe he can get paid, but he's not going to enjoy his time losing, you know, 60 games. Nope. They're not going to lose 60, but they weren't far off last we season. So. We, we can hope. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we had the MLB trade deadline – it, it just happened a couple days ago on Tuesday. A uh, lot of movement. This is probably one of the more active trade deadlines I've seen in a while. And we won't get to all the deals. We're just going to talk the uh, the headliners, so to speak, and, and how they in- impacted our teams. 
but I think the main one that that everyone was kind of shocked by is the the Juan Soto and Josh Bell from the Nats to the Padres. Yeah. And, you know, this trade made me smile from ear to ear because even if the Padres don't extend uh, Juan Soto long term, they get two and a half years of, of him under team yeah. control for probably 65 million ish after arbitration and all that. So Soto is going to have a huge impact on that team. And when you have Josh Bell on top of that, plus Fernando Tatis is getting healthy again. Uh, you got Manny, Manny Machado as much as I don't like Manny Machado. He's a great baseball player. So it's, uh, I mean, that team is stacked. Yeah, no, it's, it's murderous row going through the middle of that lineup. And I mean, I would say they have probably the best offensive lineup in baseball at this point. Uh, pitching has been up and down, but Bob Melvin, it looks like he made a hell of a move to go from the A's to the Padres in this past offseason. I'm so excited for him. I'm so yeah. excited for Manaya. So I really hope they can they can take the championship home. And I think this was kind of a wake-up call for the Dodgers. I mean, for yeah. so long, the Padres have been, you know, half in. Second and, and, fiddle. Yeah, I mean, they want to compete, but at the same time, they can't spend where the, the Dodgers have been. So I think they're going all in, and I love to see this, especially with Bo Mallet the, at the helm. So I'm excited to well, see that, what happens here. I, I, I knew you were going to say that, and I was laughing because it's it's kind of us converging on one team. They're, they're who I want to take it all this year. Um, for a couple reasons, um, I you know I like Musgrove. Obviously, his ties to Pittsburgh. Um, he's pitching really well. He just got paid. Just got um, paid. Oh yeah, five paid. years, hundred mil. Um, Not bad. I'll so I'm I'm really hoping he does well. And then I am so happy for Josh Bell for the same reason. Yep. Obviously, ties to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I would like for these players to play better, or you know. I wish these great things were happening at home, but um, for him to go from a team like the Nationals where, you know, he's just playing to play baseball, they weren't competitive, um, I cannot be happier for him. He'll step right in. Day, I mean, he's going to take uh, Hosmer's spot, so um, I'm really excited for Josh Bell. Well, and you know what? He's caught some heat for this, but – this is why I love these contracts because there there's some power to the player. I he exercised his contract. I have I don't think what he did was wrong in any way or capacity. I mean, that's why you put that clause is for your own protection cuz why would he want to go to the Nats where he's probably going to squander the next well, the remainder of his contract. Yeah. And what we're talking about is uh originally Eric Hosmer was included in this Juan Soto deal and Josh Bell from the Nats. He was supposed to be going back to the Nats, and he has a no-trade clause in his contract. Uh, I think there was – I don't remember how many teams he had on his no-trade list, but – I think it was three or something like that. Yeah. So, obviously, it's not a full no-trade clause where they can say, no, I don't want to go, uh, but the Nats were on his list of teams he wouldn't go to, so they essentially had to negotiate with – uh, Eric Hosmer, if they wanted to get him to waive that right. Uh, they did some negotiation, but they also, everyone was waiting with bated breath because they thought this was going to cancel the whole deal if Hosmer said no. But then news came out and they said, well, we've got a deal in place with or without Hosmer. So he's coming here. It's just a matter of 
the compensation. So uh, Hosmer ends up getting dealt to Boston after he rejected the the Nats trade. And like you said, I don't blame him at all. I wouldn't want to go to what's likely going to be the worst team in no. baseball. Uh, he's getting paid well, yeah, well above his talent level. And that contract with the no trade was really a, a horrible contract at the time. I can't believe that they signed him to it, but it worked that, out. That, uh, that Nats team has been gutted in the last few years. I mean, pitching yeah, staff at, now, anything, you know, behind a bat. Yeah. I gonna, mean, it's it's, gonna be it's crazy how much talent they had on that team, the national or the championship team. And now none of them are left really. And I mean, you had Scherzer, you had Soto, you had, I can't even think of all the names. Uh, Howie Kendrick, he left, he retired, which actually my brother-in-law is working on his truck there in Arizona. So I'm excited That's to see awesome. how that thing turns out. But he was also a thorn in my side because he was with the Angels forever. And every time he'd play against the A's, he'd hit like 400. So didn't like playing against him, but he was a hell of a ball player. So that was pretty cool when, when my brother-in-law told me that he was working on his truck. But That's awesome. back, back to baseball. Uh, another trade that happened, and it was revolving around my team, and that is the A's. Frank, Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino got sent to the Yankees for their 5th, 10th, 20th, and 21st ranked prospects. Um, at first, there were some rumors uh, swirling around that it was going to be the Yankees where Frankie went to. Uh, they were talking about their number three ranked prospect, which was a shortstop and one of the very prized prospects in all of baseball. So yeah. I was getting fired up for that. And then I saw this compensation and I was like, Ooh, that's not great. Uh, two of them project or two of them are starters. One projects as a reliever, but I think they're going to try him as a starter. So they got a lefty and two righties, and then they got a second baseman, uh, that apparently has plus hitting skills. Uh, I don't have the names all written down here. It's not really important because they, outside of the, the number five, he's probably not going to, none of them are going to be hitting the majors until probably next season at the earliest. So um, decent overall package coming back, but I was kind of surprised to see them. And I don't know why I'm surprised because they always trade for pitching and take guys that aren't ranked as high and turn them into phenoms or whatever. And then they look so really they do smart. It again. Yeah, so I think that's why. And I shouldn't, like I said, I shouldn't be shocked that they went basically all pitching in the return. But uh, gonna miss Frankie for sure. Lou, I think, is personally responsible for about six blown saves this season. So <laughs> just throwing him in that package kind of made me happy because I don't have to, you know, have a heart attack yeah. every time I see him roll out there on the field. But uh, obviously, I'll be happy to see them succeed. But I really don't want to see the Yankees win, so it's catch twenty two for me. Like. <laughs> mm -hmm. But what did you have in, in Bucks made any trades? Um, I, I didn't even pay much attention. So we we already talked about the Vogelback trade. Yeah. Um, you know we got a we got a pitcher lever, and uh, he actually pitched this week did okay. But our our big trade, the big one that was expected, was um, Jose Quintana kind of reinvented himself reinvigorated his career this year with us which i'm happy for him um him and chris stratton both went to the cards um the chris stratton one he's kind of like lou for us last season he was really strong for us this year i don't know what was the problem but 
he would just, you know, we'd be in really good position to win games, even being up a couple runs. And it just seemed like every time he came in, it, you know, went south. So I was, I was happy to see us get something. So basically it was a two for two um, trade. So we traded Jose and Chris and we got a right-handed pitcher from St. Louis, Johan Oviedo. Um, I think we sent him, I, I don't, he might've been double A. It might be triple A, but um, he'll be down there for a little bit, you know, until they get a good, good look at him. And I'm sure he'll, especially with the way, you know, trade deadline. And now we're going to be bringing up younger guys. I'm sure he'll get a chance this year. But the one I'm actually really excited about is uh, num number 10 over overall prospect um, on MLB Pipeline. He's a third baseman, first baseman. I, obviously, we're going to be using him at first base if he gets called up. Um, but Malcolm Nunez, sorry, I struggled to get that out. But um, he, he plays more third base, but we're going to end up putting him at first base yeah. um, because we don't need any more first base um, debacles. I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> that was a year ago. I guess I can let it go. But Bill likes to tag me in that video every time it comes up against the Cubs. But hey, hey. So a uh, number 10 prospect. <laughs> It was just the one-year anniversary. That's the only nice. reason I tagged you in it. I know. I try to forget it ever happened. but uh, So we're still collecting prospects. Um, I don't know. Next year is going to be the telltale year, I think. Uh, they. I just really hope they bring up the young guys again and let them play. We still have some veterans we didn't move. So, um, but I mean, they did, like, they designated um, Yoshi Sutsugo, which I'm happy because he's struggling. He was batting like 170. I don't know why it took this long, but so I think they're starting to finally phase some people out, um, get these young guys up there, and that's what we should be doing. And we'll see what happens. And I'll, I'll close it off with: uh, we just finished a three-game sweep of the Brewers uh, today, which is wonderful. Uh, we went extra innings in one of them. Uh, the game yesterday's game, Brian Reynolds hit a. Um, he led off the ninth inning, bottom of the ninth, and walk off homer, first of his career. So that was exciting. Um, O'Neill Cruz hit a piss missile literally out of the damn stadium. <laughs> Oof. If he ever if he ever really cuts down the strikeouts, he's going to be very, very dangerous. He's amazing defensively. Obviously, the guy can throw. I mean – it's why I love uh, Michael Chavis at first base because that dude does a, the splits literally every time he goes to catch a ball, which yeah. is wonderful for beating a base runner, but also sometimes O'Neill Cruz is a little wide with them 110-mile-per-hour throws. That's a whole other conversation. But, um, yeah, he's he's one of those guys that, yeah, he's, he's, struck, he's struck out a little bit, but about the time you look away and aren't watching one of his at-bats, he just – demolishes the thing yeah um but that's why i don't think he'll, i don't think he'll ever cut down a ton on the strikeouts because no. i mean obviously he's big but he's not thick and that's where if he's generating generating that much power you're, you're gonna have some swing and miss there so i don't think he'll be as bad as you know joey gallo which we'll talk about in just a second <laughs> but uh <laughs> He does have some swing and miss there, and obviously, yeah, hitting those balls 110 I, off the bat—it's pretty impressive. So, and and really, at this point, 
the biggest impact for me is just he brings kind of a he's led this youth movement so to speak this season um and he just brings kind of a, a fire and excitement to the team and the ballpark that's been missing you know for a handful of seasons so even just that I'll take you know being you know down a couple runs in the seventh inning there's still that hope that a spark's going to hit because it's happened and it's it's not something that we've had um you know consistently so yeah i don't know it was it was a quieter trade deadline for me than i thought it would be oh yeah but i, no, I think I, they did well i was fully expecting the a's to be minus andrews uh, yeah loriano murphy like i thought we were going to be completely gutted and i think the july that we had probably dissuaded the the front office from trading everyone because i I've been saying this all season. I don't think we're as bad as we've been playing. No. I don't think we are. I you think are. we're a lot closer to competing than than what we've seen so far this season. Uh, obviously, when you get rid of those core guys, the rest of the team is kind of down, and I think that played into it, especially towards the start of the season. But, I mean, hanging on to Loriano, I think that's probably just a, a temporary thing as well as Murphy. I don't think they were getting offers that they liked. And they'll probably move them this offseason when they've got all the other teams in the in the mix rather than just the ones that are in the playoff mix. So I think yeah. they're still going to be on the move, but I also am very encouraged by what I've seen from Jonah Bride, what I've seen from Nick Allen. Um, a lot of our younger pitchers, even Aller, he, I didn't think he was going to be a major league pitcher ever after his first, I think, eight starts. I mean, he, well... I think it was his first four starts and then they moved him to reliever because the first four starts were that bad. But uh, I, I've been very encouraged by this team. I mean, still got Chad Pinder. So there's, there's definitely a mix of veterans plus a lot of young guys getting playing time. Piscotti's still there. I don't think he'll be there much longer either. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially around September call-ups when they bring the rosters up to 28. I think that's when you and, and I will both see some of the guys that play more into the future versus the now. And I'm excited for you guys. I'm excited for us, especially the start of this season, man. I was, whew, I was even that's contemplating watching, watching <sighs> the games night tonight. So it was, it was bad. It was a rough stretch. All I'm saying, 2024 World Series. Pirates? Buckos. You heard it here first. <laughs> in the books. Um, and then just a couple notes on the Dodgers. We did mention uh, Joey Gallo got traded from the Yankees to the Dodgers. Uh, he obviously struggled in New York. I think they thought he was going to be a major hit there just because they have that little league dimension ballpark in right field they thought pop-ups for him were going to be home runs every time i don't think they foresaw as many strikeouts as he as he had even though that's been his whole big way career um so he's excited to get a new start there in la and i don't think it's going to go much better i mean like i said i watched him on the rangers playing the a's 19 times a season and that hit and miss has always been there sure he'll get into one every you know 10 games or something like that, but it's, it's not a lot of, I mean, he's the, basically the true three outcomes King, either he walks, he strikes out or he hits a home run. And, and that's not great for baseball, yeah. at, at least in my estimation. So, um, and then just one other note on the Dodgers, we, we 
made a mention of Bill Russell at the top and Vin Scully passed away yesterday. And he is one of the ultimate baseball guys. I mean, he called games for, I think it was 67 years or something like that for the Dodgers. Uh, a true icon. Any... Um, I don't know what else to say about him. I mean, he called one of my least favorite moments in, in MLB history. And that was, uh, oh, Jesus, his name is slipping me right now, but oh my God, why can't I remember? Kurt? I, uh, Kirk while, while you think about no, not this, Kirk Gibson. yeah, you, I, I just, the, the thing for me that stood out the most about him is just how far his career, like the span of his career, you know, they had pictures of him, you know, as a young man with Jackie Robinson, he literally, you know, he watched the MLB turn into what it is. I mean, he, he's been there for it literally play by play. Um, and I, I mean, they, they had the breakdown of how many world series, how many all-star games he called. I mean, it, the numbers are unreal. He's, I mean, for all intents and purposes, probably the best resume of any, um, announcer across all sports. I don't know that anybody is, I don't, oh, I know his 67 years is, you know, the record, I guess for, for a stretch, but, um, his numbers are just crazy and he was you know beloved everyone loved him um and like i said it just the old pictures are what really threw me because he got to see you know literally the game change from like jackie robinson to you know what it is today um i can only imagine i mean i could only i mean he's he's i think he stopped in 2016 so i mean he's it's not like he you know, this happened as he was calling games, but I can only imagine for, you know, Dodger fans, um, that's going to be a big hole. And for the team, I mean, that's going to be a big hole. So, yeah, I mean, sad, my sad uncle stuff, but... watches us quite a bit and he comments on our stuff all, all the time. He is a huge Dodgers fan. He's been in L.A. his whole life. And I mean, when he found out of the passing, I mean, all he could do is just be sad because, I mean, his entire life watching Dodgers baseball growing up. I mean, it's been, been I can only imagine. so it's definitely a, a huge hole in the heart of, of all baseball fans other than probably the, the most recent, I think he retired six years ago, but uh, the, the moment I was speaking of is, is Kirk Gibson hitting the uh, walk-off home run against Eckersley in the 1988 world series over my A's. I was just a, uh, a baby and a wee lad. <laughs> yeah. I think I was three months old, something like that. And, uh, this happened, but I mean, you can hear Vin, his, his call of that was iconic. So I can't even hate that he called that game because of how well he did with that. It was, it was just a magnificent call. Uh, and I get to hear it, you know, world series time every year. So, uh, gonna miss Vic Ervin and he he did a great job calling those games for forever and yeah. like I said I know all Dodgers fans are, are hurting be, because of his loss so but we'll move on to NFL and what what do you have for NFL today um I'm not gonna dive into this I think we've talked about it enough um but I, I just wanted to talk about the Deshaun Watson situation just for a little bit um, 
I guess, an update for anybody who hasn't been following it as closely as say I have. Um, long story short, his corner um, asked for a six game suspension. The NFL countered with a 12 game suspension. Um, or I should say the NFL's team. Um, so the, the the ruling ended up being six games, not to say that's what the suspension will be. It's now um, in the NFL's hands, which um, Roger Goodell has assigned someone. Uh, I cannot remember his name right now out of New Jersey, but he's going to hear the case basically. And from what I understand, they want an indefinite um, suspension like we talked about on the show previously uh, you know that gives them wiggle room I'm sure to gauge you know basically how we the people react to this yeah um, it makes me feel a little bit better because I was nervous that they wouldn't that this was not they weren't gonna do the right thing and I think they're at least trying to do the right thing um, we'll see what happens I know the player union threatened to sue uh, if they do um, yep. go for more than six games, which um, I'm usually, you know, pro union and stuff. So it's hard for me to badmouth it. But at the same time, I'm like, come on, man, this isn't like trying to get somebody money. This is this is a big deal. So I just hope the NFL handles it correctly. Like I said, I'm not going to beat beat a dead horse here, but um, that's where we're at. We're waiting on the NFL basically to decide what they're going to hand out as an actual punishment based off their code of conduct, as opposed to what the ruling was. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I don't know if you have any thoughts. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just, just add a couple quick notes. Um, basically the, the judge that assigned that six game suspension said that the NFL has basically set this up by not having clear guidelines of what the guys will, what, what they're expected to be punished based on their behavior, essentially. So she said, based on precedence, six games is probably in line. But she said, because there's no guidelines that say, if you do this, you're going to get this. If you do this, you're going to get this. That's going against the NFL in, in a case like this. So she actually encouraged them to, to uh, challenge this, essentially, and, and said, I, I feel like he deserves more than six, but the precedence that you have set is six games. So that's what I'm giving him, but I'm leaving it in your hands. If you guys want to appeal this, then I encourage yeah. you to do so. And and that's why. Which is fair. That, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look at Which their past wrong. handouts of, of suspensions, I mean, I think Big Ben got six, right? Or was it less? Uh, it was less. I think he had, well. He might even have I two. I don't, I don't remember. But essentially, I, and I don't want to compare the situations. Obviously, both neither had convictions of any type. Um, you had like the Ray Rice one where I can't remember how many games he missed, but he got blackballed from the league after that. You had Joe Mixon miss a couple games for, for domestic assault or some. I can't even remember what his was, kicking someone when they were down on the ground. I don't even remember. But there's been so many cases where – it hasn't been handled correctly, but that's the precedence you set. So that's that's why it makes sense that they handed out what they handed out. And yeah, they're appealing now. And I feel like her guidance was going forward, you guys need to have some sort of thing set in stone where this is going to be the penalty for that. And, and then there's no questions on 
if you went too loose, if you went too, you know, too heavy, whatever. Um, so that, that's my only real thoughts on that. Um, and I really am getting sick of, of even talking about it. I feel like they just need to get it figured out and, and go from there. But the one year is Cheers. only going to cost. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say to your point, uh, originally he also had a six game suspension and Roger knocked it down to four. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. I couldn't remember if he knocked it down to two or, or to four, but um, yeah. So, I mean, there's the precedent right there. And then I think going forward, they need to have that set in stone and, you know, him, the way that he's getting paid out this season, even if he misses a whole season, he misses out on $1 million in, in salary. And quite honestly, the if he if he misses a whole season it actually helps the browns with their cap space next season because it gets prorated so i mean it's no <laughs> they essentially did this contract expecting him to miss a whole season and i i know they say otherwise oh we did this for cap purposes on giving him the the guaranteed money up front in the signing bonus and and doing the 1 million prorated for salary, but I think it was a hundred percent designed to shield him from essentially having any consequences of, of his actions. So that's frustrating for me. I am really pissed off at the Browns for doing that. If that's, if that's was, that was their intention because he, everyone says, well, he missed a whole year last year. No, he sat out last year and he got paid the full yes. amount that he was due. So that shouldn't even be factored in at all. So no, nope. ah, don't get me started yeah. on that. I'll I'll be done there. But and then we had the the Raiders <laughs> and the Jaguars. They they started the NFL season or NFL preseason, I should say. Uh, tonight game was delayed due to weather. I honestly haven't watched a single snap. Uh, I did see the starting lineups on Twitter and and all that. So. I did see that outside of Colton Miller, I think our offensive line that started tonight will probably be the offensive line that started or that will start the season, uh, barring any injuries. The thing that was really interesting to me is Josh Jacobs was the starting running back in the Hall of Fame game, which typically you don't see starters. So that's that's something to keep an eye on. I. I don't know what that means for Josh Jacobs. They obviously didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so he knows he's probably on his way out. But, I mean, giving him snaps in a meaningless game, game one of the preseason, that's uh, that's a little curious to me. Um, just a, a note, though. I mean, for what it's worth being a preseason game, you are winning like 27-3 to in the fourth quarter, so. Airing up them Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. Good job. <laughs> um, I actually, I always love the, uh, the hall of fame game. I actually, one of these years, I would really like to go attend one. Um, obviously I'd like it to be when the, um, the Steelers play in one, which they did just a few years ago, but, um, I just, I think it'd be really fun to go catch that, obviously go to Canton, go through the hall of fame, stuff like that. But so I always pay attention to it. I was, I was looking forward to it. And like you, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch any of it, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, good and I guess points. on that note, I guess I should say that I'm excited to see Cliff Branch finally get in. Uh, if you talk to anyone from that era, including the guys that were, that are in the hall of fame from your team, they will say that he's one guy that, I mean, you always had to account for no matter where he was on the field, 
think of him as, you know, the, the modern day Tyreek Hill, where you had to have two guys on him essentially just to, to hope to contain him. So I know he didn't have the career numbers that most of the NFL wide receivers had. Um, but just based on that being a fear or the, the most feared person on the, on the football field at any time, I think that yeah. is probably one of the definitions I would use to, to assign hall of fame credentials. So happy for him. Obviously he's, this is uh, after he has passed. So his family will get to enjoy that without him. And that's frustrating for me, but they do this all yeah. the time. So. Yeah. It happens more times than not. And you want to get into the, the dolphin stuff. I'll let you talk on Steven Ross since you have a little bit more of a background than I do on him. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, just to the point, um, they were, they did a probe, an investigation, um, you know, basically just the backstory is that they potentially had tampered, um, with Tom Brady and also Sean Payton, um, while they were under contract, which obviously is against league rules. And then they were also investigated for tanking. Yep. Um, and basically, Basically, what they came to find out was that, yes, there was some tampering with Tom Brady, actually, on more than one occasion, and also Sean Payton. As far as the tanking, they were able to state that, basically, he did say those things. He claims to be joking. Um, I think it's a... We'll, we'll get to that, I guess. Um, but to, to Damn, start off with, they were a billionaire. Oh, that's all God. I can say. They, I, I will, I will get more into the, the, the Flores side of things here in a minute, but, um, the team was docked a 2023 first round pick and a 2024 third round pick. Ross was fined 1.5 million, which is literally nothing for that man. Um, yeah. And the GM was fined 500 K, which again, doesn't touch i'm sure his yearly earnings um but they said that they didn't find significant um evidence about the tanking <laughs> but he did this is what kills me um but he did say that he he would pay him a hundred thousand dollars for every game that he lost um, again, and he said, he literally made the comment that draft position is, is more important than wins and losses. So these words were stated by, they literally know, substantiated uh, everything that Flores said in his, in his, in his, in his uh, lawsuit, the whole, yes. he didn't want to talk so, to Tom Brady because it was against league rules. And so he left, but didn't stop Steven Ross from doing it. This, this is uh, what kills me. It's, it's a win for Flores because Basically, it's, you know, validating everything that he said, um, everything that he was claiming had been said to him. Um, but it's not really a win because they that minimized. was the side. Yes, this is the side of the probe that I cared more about. Um, you know, it, it's just like, you know, the Snyder case, the Watson case. Yes, there's, you know, these legal, these rule parts that are important, but the aspect of it that's truly important always seems to be downplayed. Yep. And that's what drives me nuts. Um, but I, I was happy for, for Flores, for him to get the validation that, you know, yes, this did happen. Um, and some backstory on Steven Ross is he's been 
he's been like this the entire time he's owned the Dolphins. He's he's a horrible owner. He's he's the kind of person that will keep your your program, your franchise just in squalor. Um, he just is horrible at what he does. So I don't know. I mean, I'm glad that they were able to find something on him, but these. The first round pick, they never pick good in the first round anyways. Third round pick, who cares? 1.5 million, not even a thing for, for Steven Ross. So it's I'm happy that they found the right outcome, I guess, that there was some tampering, but I just I'm I'm a little bit let down by what the what the actual um, you know punishment, if you want to call it that, was. And yeah. also Steven Ross was suspended. I guess I, I don't know if I said that, but um even well, that, though, like, who cares? Yeah, I mean, they said he can't come to the any of the uh, NFL owners' meetings between now and 2023. Um, so, essentially, four more months, he can't come to anything. That's what slap, I mean. It's just slap on the wrist. I mean, it's, it's super frustrating because everything that Brian Flores said happened, happened. They acknowledged that it happened, but, oh, he's just joking about that, even though he told me, that he wants us to improve our position in the draft and not prioritize winning. Here, so. Here's the thing that kills me though. And I love that Sean Payton's name is even involved in this. Cause if you want to go back to bounty gate, they held things like this against coaches. Yep. Whether they, and I, they, I mean the whole joking thing had been brought up, blah, blah, blah. Those statements, they said, no matter what it was stated at that time. And in that, in their position, Due to NFL rules, they're not allowed to even make those jokes. And so in that Sean Payton situation, that didn't fly. But now in this situation, this joking owner, come on. I mean, I don't know. I just, I'll leave it at that. I'm just obviously disappointed with it. Can you imagine the landscape shift that had this all been allowed to happen? Because this was prior to Tua. So this was prior to Tom Brady signing with the the Bucks, but then again, when he was on the Bucks, and this was the whole retirement thing, there were talks that yep. he was going to retire and join the Miami front office and essentially run the team, and that's when he tagged in with um, Sean Payton, and Sean Payton was supposed to join him. Well, then Brian Flores does the whole allegations, and they have to stop it all in place. Tom Brady decides to unretire. Josh McCown probably would have been named the coach of the uh, Houston Texans, but instead they go with Lovey Smith saying that he was the best man for the job. This whole. It changed a lot. Oh, man. It had a big impact. This whole situation. There's more to come. Yeah. There's some, some webs to be strung there because I think there's a lot more connected here than than what everyone knows behind the scenes. So, Well, and that's the frustrating thing is there's a there's a lot that we'll never know is connected because... I bet it'll come out because of because of the dots that have already been connected. And I, I, I guess my point is, is like the Lovey Smith situation. I mean, they're never going to come right out and say, this is why we hired Lovey Smith. Right. But they don't have to. Um, there's going to be a lot of moves moving forward. They're going to be like, is this so that you're no, complying? I am is this, fully, you know, what I mean, believing that had Brian Flores not come out with that those allegations when he did, Josh McCown would be the 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 coach of the Houston Texans right now. 
And Lovey and Smith I, and I probably think, wouldn't have a job at all. Maybe not. Because they would have cleared house or cleaned house and let him bring in his own guys. Yep. So, no, I, I'm glad. And, and that the other Forrest side of it, it, the other side of it too. I mean, imagine those two involved in that front office. That changes the landscape of that team um, pretty drastically because they've never really had um, good football minds in that office, not within the last say 15 years. Um, so that could be. That could be interesting. It could have yeah. been interesting. Well, I mean, not to say Brady would be great at, at running a football team because more so Sean Payton for me, but yeah, I get well, what you're saying. Well, yeah, but you've seen John Elway, how he ran the Broncos and it outside yeah. of being able to recruit Peyton Manning, it's been awful. I mean, he hasn't drafted yeah. well. He hasn't done well with, with free agents outside of Peyton Manning. So I think, you know, saying it would be knocking it out of the park. I think Sean Payton's one of the best coaches in the NFL, so getting him would have been a, a, a great snag. But, no, I, it's just crazy how much that one thing shifted the landscape. And even for Bruce Arians, I mean, it essentially got oh, him pushed up to the front office from coaching. So it's it's all connected and it's all crazy that it all happened like that. But we'll move on from that and – just one note from the Kyler Murray contract. We we've been joking about it on and off just because he had the, the individual study uh, note in his contract. And after the blowback that it got, uh, the Arizona Cardinals went ahead and, and removed that clause from his contract. So he's going to get away with playing his video games and he gets to stay up past nine 30 on school nights. And, you know, he's back to, to being who he is. So, and one interesting so, note, I don't know if you saw this today, uh, Cliff Kingsbury basically said that uh, he would be calling in plays and Kyler Murray would be shaking his head. And he said he wants, he just wants Kyler to know how hard it is to call a, a, an NFL football game. So it seems like even though they have mended fences, they, they really haven't. So I'm not going to comment on Kyler Murray anymore because everyone yeah. knows my opinion. But I'm going to say this. I just, I just want to paint this picture. I ain't going to comment, but I'm going to comment. So he is a professional quarterback. Yep. Who had offseason issues, contracts. Who knew? We didn't know where he was going to play. All right. So he finally gets his contract. And his NFL team had to make sure that he had four hours of film study. This is a professional quarterback. So they had to make sure he had four hours of film study, which obviously means this was an issue in the past. You don't just yep. add this out of thin air. Okay, so now said quarterback, who is showing um, a certain level of maturity by throwing a temper tantrum on how social media made him look uh, due to this clause and complained enough that the team then removed the clause. Yeah. And all I'm going to say is teams wonder why this terrible behavior is rewarded and these kids don't know how to act. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I just can't anymore. This this Kyler Murray saga is a joke. Yeah. It, it is. It really is. But, I mean, I guess, I don't know. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. I'm just glad There's he's playing for the Cardinals say, man. And, and not for my A's. How's that? I know you dodged a bullet, maybe. <laughs> well, kind of. I mean, we still got punished for picking him, but it is what it is. Well, so. yeah, that's fair. Um, 
Moving on to your Steelers. I saw they extended Deontay Johnson. Why don't, why don't you go in on that? Um, I'm pretty pumped about this, actually. And it go, this says a lot about Deontay Johnson, too. Um, so basically, they extended him. It's, it it's, turns into basically a three-year contract, two-year extension. Um, but it's worth 36 mil, 27 mil guaranteed. So homeboy's getting paid, which I love. He's been our top contributor at the wideout position, you know, going on a couple seasons now. Um, I, I'm looking at him to lead that core, but I know from his camp, he wanted to feel valued. Um, and I think because of like AB and things like that, the Steelers and their ability to draft wide receivers, they've always been pretty good at it. I feel like they were in that position of, they didn't want to commit, um, long-term. So I think this is a win-win for both sides. For Deontay Johnson, it gets him, you know, two extra years of safety, basically. It gives him some guaranteed money. Um, it also leaves, you know, the door open for us to extend him again, you know, keep him in the future if things are going well. Um, but then again, the landscape of the NFL is crazy. So with this contract, it also gives him the opportunity, you know, as a player, if if this isn't his forever home, then he – he will be in it, you know, young enough that he can search for that big contract, um, you know, if need be down the road. At the end of the day, I'm just super pumped. Um, I, I think it's a feel good thing for him. I think he's going to come in comfortable and we're going to need him because our quarterback situation obviously is what it is. Um, Fantastic. So I'm, just, I'm happy for him. Yes, sir. I was pumped. And I guess one little thing about that um, quarterback situation. I don't think anything's changed. I still think Mitch is the guy. Um, but Kenny Pickett is is coming along a little bit at a time, um, which because of what we're doing at the quarterback position, they've made it very clear what they want to do. This is exactly what I want to see. I knew he wasn't going to come in and just wow everybody day one. That's, that's not how this works. Um, but he's moving up as far as, you know, he's, he's ran second rep team, uh, second team reps and first team reps a little bit. So um, he's just coming along. So we'll see where he, where he's at in the future. I still think the, the Trubisky show moves on um, as expected. Yeah. And I think unless Trubisky is really struggling, I don't even think we'll see Kenny Pickett this year, but obviously if he starts to wow people at practice and all that, we've seen it before where the uh, so-called, designated starter ends up getting unseated by a, a rookie quarterback. So that's true. Uh, but to your point, ideally that's, you know, from, from the fandom, that's whether uh, I'm sure people want him to start day one already, but yep. I think that is the ideal situation is Mitch, you know, puts together a good season, be it a even 500 season, a nine and eight season. I'll take it. Um, puts together a decent season. Maybe we're in playoff contention. And then by next off season, Kenny's made the jump. And now you have Mitch on the tail end of that contract as a mentor stepping in, doing his thing. And then he can pursue, you know, his future down the road. Ideally, that's how that works out. Um, yep. We'll see what happens. Well, and I, I've said this a hundred times. I don't think Mitch ever got a real fair shake in Chicago and, and ended up taking him to the playoffs. So wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, really putting up great numbers there in, in Pittsburgh and surprising some people. So maybe Kenny Pickett doesn't even get a chance because Mitch just balls out for the rest of his career in Pittsburgh. Who knows? But 
One other note I just wanted to mention on NFL, and that is that Matt Stafford is dealing with abnormal elbow pain, and he's been dealing with this off and on throughout his the last couple yeah. of years of his career. But apparently it's really bugging him right now, and, and it's something that uh, L.A. is keeping a close eye on. So I don't know if this is actually something to watch or if they're kind of trying to downplay it. I, I really don't know. Uh, right now, it, it is something just of note that I wanted to put in there just because it sounds like it could be serious and he's essentially yeah. going to have to deal with it pain level-wise or have to get it taken care of. So interested to see what happens there. And obviously, they're the reigning Super Bowl champions. So, Well, and I laughed at myself. When I first heard about this and seen it, the first thing I thought of was – you know, internal dark humor, a little bit of a joke that it's because of that extra weight he's got on that ring finger on that side. But yeah. um, <laughs> it, this actually so really sweet. bums. I know, I know. Um, it actually really bums me out. I'm, I mean, anybody who's watched and heard us talk, I'm a huge Stafford fan. I absolutely love the dude. Um, you know, all the way back to him you know, dislocating his shoulder and going back in to finish that game. Like that set the tone for me as far as, you know, my, my respect level for this dude. Um, It's just, it's frustrating because I feel like he can still build on what he did last year. So I hope this doesn't derail anything for him. Um, Cause they do, they have something pretty special going on with the Rams right now. Um, They're, they need him behind, you know, behind center. So Hopefully this does not derail his off season too horribly bad. Uh, but like you said, it sounds like it's not, you know, just a little bit of pain he's had in, in previous seasons. So I don't know. Hopefully it's something they can get taken care of quickly. Yeah. And then you've got some. Uh, yeah, hockey, just a little t- a couple, notes. couple tidbits. Um, just throwing a date out there. September 24th, hockey uh, NHL preseason starts. Um, so it's back to, back to my love. <laughs> I can't wait, uh, get back to some, some NHL hockey again. And it's crazy. Lastly, how, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's crazy how fast that the summer has gone. I mean, I know it's yeah, been because it I've been literally working on my backyard every day after work and every day on the weekend. So it feels like it's just been one endless thing, but Man, it's already like football was tonight, first preseason game. Hockey's ramping up. Like, what happened to well, summer? And I, I gotta say, and you're right. I mean, it, it goes fast, but I do have to say that you know, we've been doing the pod, you know, a year now. Oh year plus, man, including the old one. Yeah. Um, which I guess we didn't even talk about that, but it's it's been fun doing this pod and. I mean, we both already paid a lot of attention to sports, but it's it's forced me to pay a little more attention. Um, and it's crazy how much of the year, I mean, I guess how much of my time is is based on, on sports and how fast it turns around. Um, I feel yeah. like I was talking about playoff hockey. Yes, and I mean, I was. I was talking about it not that long ago, and it turns around very quickly, especially with these sports, you know, 82-game seasons or, you know, you know, 160 games, you know, MLB. It's just, it's funny how quick everything turns around, but I'm, I'm just excited for it to be back. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, this is a weird one for me because I've never really, 
I played it when I was younger, but I've never really been into soccer. Um, yeah. But Pittsburgh has Pittsburgh has a team um, in the USL Championship League, um, Pittsburgh Riverhounds. So I've been I've even been watching them on ESPN because they have them on Plus now. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's been different. I've actually found myself sort of getting into it, which is weird. You can count um, me out on that. I know it's 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 different. But they're 12, 4, and 6. They they were having a little bit of a rough stretch, but then they um, turned around and didn't lose a single game in July. Uh, only one draw and won the rest. And they're, they're, they're fourth in the East division, so they should have a shot at, at going for the championship. Um, it's definitely the last tier on my, on my sport yeah. fandom. But... Mostly, it's just if there's not a baseball game on, I put that on if it happens to be on. But, I was gonna say, um, I I can get into World Cup because it's like, you know, best yeah. of the best, and and I I do enjoy seeing that. But watching, uh, what is it, FIFA? No, not FIFA. What's the MLS? Right? I don't know. I'm still learning all that stuff. Yeah, like I, I said, soccer is not my game. Major League Honestly, Soccer. Honestly, the only thing that like it's because across the river they have their, um, you know, their soccer field. Yeah, and you can see it from a lot of different points in the city, and um, so you know, you kept seeing it, kept checking it out. So I was like, whatever, I'll give it a shot. You know, supporting Pittsburgh, and little by little, I've just gotten to where I've started watching it. I, I'll never be as into it as I am any of these other things. Yeah, uh, but whatever. Something I can safely out. say the only soccer games I'll, I'll be watching are World Cup or games that my sons are playing in. And go. even there that, it's go. like, okay, all, all right, let's let's uh, let's call this thing. I, I think we've been playing long <laughs> enough. But yeah, it's. No, I, I drive past. We'll I drive past that Salt Lake Stadium all the time, and uh, I'll just say it doesn't inspire me to go watch a soccer game. So. <laughs> oh. Well, but, we'll see. We'll see. Give me a year of this, and I'll we'll see if I stuck it out or not. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing you won't, but that's just <laughs> just guessing. Uh, no, I, I'm. I think that's all I had. I did want to say I meant to mention at the top. Just excited that we've been doing this for a year. It, it feels like like looking back on all the episodes that we've done, like. I'm so proud of, of what we've done so far. And, you know, I've got to do a couple with Taryn. Obviously, he's no longer yeah. with us. So having those memories are, are great. Having, you know, with with uh, Trent, with uh, Logan, and, and in the others, Tyler Foster, he's come on a couple of times. The Travis Blackley one, yeah, that was a, a huge highlight for me because I was a fan oh. of his. Uh, but, no, it's been great. And we hope you guys have enjoyed our, our, our path thus far and hope you guys will continue along with us um, it's just been great so thank you guys for tuning well, in once again and Kyle any closing notes uh, just to piggyback off what you've said um, I mean really I want to thank you for you know across the pond with Bill and John having me on you know just to talk and what a guest appearance that turned into the guy that would never leave and um, you know, obviously new branding and a year later, here we are, but, uh, I, I don't know, man, this has been such a fun time. Um, you know, I talk like it's ending, 
Um, I, I've just had a blast doing this. I'm, I'm looking forward to everything else that we're doing, but um, I don't know, a couple, you know, a couple times a month I get to sit and bullshit sports with, you know, a buddy, I'll take it. It just happens to be on camera and, you know, some people out there get to enjoy it too. So I'm, I'm having a blast and I just really appreciate you, you know, opening that door. So. Yeah, no, it's been great. And obviously as, as we keep ramping these things up, eventually we'd like to do some live ones in, in person. Maybe Absolutely. some events, you know, things like that. So like, like I said, I, I hope you guys will, will stick with us and, and follow us along this path and, and, Hope we can just keep having fun with it and, and expanding as we can. So thanks for tuning in. This has been the episode and we will catch you on the next one.